As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. The Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online knows you might not be able to get out to a game this year, but you can still get in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head on over to Bet Online today and use promo code ARMCHAIR to take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. <laughs> 15 down, one left to go. What's going on, guys? We're back. It's week 16 in the books, 15 games down, and it's all going to come down to week 17 with the Bears and the Packers because I had been misinformed and thinking that if the Packers won last night uh, against the uh, Tennessee Titans, that they would have locked up number one seed and they'd have nothing to play for on Sunday. Turns out they got everything to play for uh, on Sunday. They Because if the Saints finished 12-4 and four and the Seahawks finished 12-4, and four, then they might not have the number one seed or something like it's crazy. So the, the the guy on NBC Sornacki or whatever the hell his name is broke it all down. Uh, it confused the hell out of me, but one thing was clear: Green Bay's got to show up and play on Sunday if they want that weekend off uh, during the wild card. So that means the Bears are going to be getting Green Bay's best on Sunday, and I guess when it boils right down to it. That's exactly the way that it should be. But before we start talking Bears and Packers, we got to close the book on the Bears and the Jaguars. So let's go ahead and dive right in. It's the Week 16 review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. So let's get to it. And so it came to pass that after a six-game losing streak right in the middle of the season... Our beloved have now won three straight and are looking, and actually on the inside, looking out at people who aren't in the playoffs right now. As as the saying goes, if the season ended today, our beloved would be the seventh seed in the NFC and preparing for a trip down to New Orleans to take on the Saints um, in the wild card round. What's going on, everybody? Larry D. back the Week 16 review episode of the Bears Talk Underground. And um, I don't think I'm going to take up too much of your time with this one. Um, truth be told, I, um, I well, I did watch the game. That, that That's before, you know. It's just that um, our family dinner for Christmas was postponed until Sunday. So, uh, you know, it would actually uh, was taking place during the game. So I was actually watching it about... Midway through the third quarter is when I started. Like when I when we were, you know, I DVR'd the game, obviously. We were midway through the third quarter um, before I got to start the football game and started was slowly but surely trying to 
uh, catch up. And um, thanks to my phone, I was getting alerts as to how the game was actually going because I forgot to turn them off <laughs> before before I started watching the game. So I kind of had some kind of it was it was one of those things where like if somebody gave you the ending to a story but didn't tell you how the story went like I knew um, before I started watching the game that the Bears were up 34 to 10 in the third quarter I just didn't know how we got there I didn't know that we'd played a god-awful first half where we had given the the Jaguars some hope that they you know for for the Jaguars in the locker room that were actually trying to win a football game and (laughs) or actually cared uh, about winning a game and I'm sure that every Jaguar wearing a uniform wanted to win the game yesterday but you guys know what I'm talking about there isn't a Jaguar fan on earth that was like you know what I want them to beat the Bears on Sunday I don't think that there was one out there or it's like yeah you know if we if we win great but if we lose that's even better because then we lock up the number one seed or we keep the number one uh not the number one seed the number one pick uh in the draft and um so yeah, I was getting alerts and stuff like that, and yeah, it was uh, it was interesting. Um, I haven't done that in a while, where I'm, you know, started watching the game late and then I'm catching up, but I know how it's going, or how it's going to end. I just don't know how we get uh, to the ending. So it was just uh, uh, one of those things. So made for an interesting watch. Like I know, I know what this. I know how the story ends. I just don't know how the story goes. So um, made for interesting uh, viewing. Uh, yesterday so knowing that we were going to get we're going to have 34 points by the third quarter but uh, not knowing that uh, we had a an unexpected third quarter point explosion where we literally doubled our offensive output in the third quarter in one quarter against the Jaguars I mean including uh, you know you'll hear me say this in knee-jerk reaction including Cordell Patterson's kickoff return against Minnesota we scored three touchdowns in the third quarter all season, and we scored three more against the Jaguars. For those who are doing the math right now, six is double three. So we doubled our touchdowns in, in one quarter against the Jaguars. So, I mean, that's how bad the Jags were. They, 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 uh, they let us do that. So anyway, you know, like I said, it, the, the, the first quarter was – bittersweet i guess because the you know the the jaguars come out in the first quarter they start with the football and they move the ball right down the field so you're like okay great this is this going to be one of these games here where you know this the 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 defense against like the one of the worst offenses in football is going to let the offense just roll down the field and uh you know do whatever they want is this what the game is going to be like and you know, they they allow a field goal, so at least they, they did the bend but don't break thing. And then our offense comes right down the field, scores a touchdown on its opening drive. So I'm like, okay, so this this works, I guess. You know, if we do this all game, then obviously we're going to win. If we're giving up three and then scoring seven, we're going to be ahead of them uh, the whole way through. But it's uh, discouraging, to say the least, to watch our defense. And it doesn't really matter against who these days. I mean, we, we – it started with with ever since the bye, the defense has been terrible. You know, going into the bye, like the last game before the bye, that Minnesota game, that horrible Monday night football game, I said for how many weeks in a row that the defense gave a victory-worthy performance 
in this football game, and obviously our offense never showed up, ever since the bye. You know, we come back for Green Bay, 40-something points we give up to Green Bay. We come back the following week uh, against Detroit, 34 points uh, against Detroit. We have that performance, that solid performance that we thought maybe was a get-back performance against the Texans, only allowed seven points, seven sacks into Deshaun Watson, completely shut him down. Great. Follow that up, 27 points against the Vikings. And then yesterday, uh, you know, in the first half, it was a competitive football game because the Jaguars are going up and down. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. On the field. Uh, on us you know it was just like at one point it was tied 10 to 10 uh, in the first half we're going neck and neck with the 1 in 13 Jaguars what the hell's going on here you know so uh, I'm very worried very discouraged about the defense you hear me say it here in the uh, in the knee-jerk reaction and like I said very bittersweet watching the offense do what it has been doing the last several weeks and then the defense coming right back around and doing what we've been watching them do uh, for the bye week I mean it's just it's almost kind of like a Freaky Friday uh, situation where we, it was like all of the, the luck and the good play that the defense was giving us before the bye was given to the offense uh, and all the crappiness and all the things that you don't want from the offense were given to the defense. Like they just swapped roles or something like that. And it's just I'm, 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 I'm worried about what, A, what could happen this weekend uh, against Green Bay. And God forbid we do make the playoffs. Uh, what New Orleans uh, is going to do to us in that first round if we are, in fact, the seventh seed. So, uh, anyway, first quarter knee-jerk reaction, you know, like I said, we're, it's like, okay, defense, meh, but offense, yay, all right, here we go. Uh, you know, and the offense is doing it again, so if, if we keep this up, we're we're going to be okay, but not liking what I'm seeing from the defense. <coughs> knee-jerk reaction, first quarter, Bears, Jaguars, and uh, – wasn't very happy with the defense on the opening drive. They let Mike Glennon drive it down the field, and thankfully we held firm in the red zone and uh, only gave up a field goal. Uh, by the way, is their kicker like 6'5", 280? That guy's ginormous for a kicker. Looks like somebody put a kicker jersey on, a, on an offensive lineman or something. That guy's enormous. Anyway, the Bears answered, though, came right down the field, uh, mixing it up and uh, finished off the drive with a... Uh, A really nice-looking play and a good throw from Trubisky to Jimmy Graham to make it 7-3. Defense held firm three and out. That's what we're supposed to be seeing from a team that's, you know, on the verge of the playoffs versus a team that's trying to tank on purpose. That's what you're supposed to see. Three and outs, getting the ball back in the hands 
of our offense. And right now, Trubisky and company are moving and down the field pretty well. Uh, seems like Jimmy Graham's going to be a target for Mitch uh, here in the first quarter. It got, obviously, he caught the touchdown pass. He's uh, caught at least one or two other balls on this drive here. And the other encouraging thing that I'm seeing, David Montgomery, the only back running the football so far uh, in the first quarter. So we're not nine-yard run from David Montgomery, automatically pulling him to throw Cordell Patterson uh, out there. So I find that encouraging, even though I have only think we've seen like three or four carries out of Dave in the, in the first quarter. But we're up 7-3. to three. We're driving. We're in control, which is where we're supposed to be in a game against a 1-13 team. So granted, even though I had the spoiler alert of knowing that we were going to be up 34-10 to uh, at some point in the football game, uh, I was still kind of glass half full uh, at that point because the offense was outplaying the defense uh, once again or, um, you know, the, the, uh, actually a better way of phrasing it would be the offense was carrying the defense uh, again, you know, because uh, Mike Glennon, Mike Glennon, took the ball right down the field on the opening drive and and, you know if not for the Jaguars you know not being able to stay out of their own way uh very well could have scored a touchdown on that opening drive but we held firm we gave they gave up the field goal and then our offense comes right back out and uh or comes out and runs it right back down the field puts it in the end zone you know it's like our offense is doing everything that it could not do before the bye you know running the football we're moving the football down the field on a consistent basis. We're closing out drives, putting them in the end zone. I mean, this ended up being the fourth straight game where the Bears scored 30 points or more. And the thing about it, guys, is that, you know, and I'm thinking we didn't have any defensive touchdowns in the Lions game, uh, none in the Texans game, right? No defensive touchdowns. Uh, Cordero Patterson hasn't scored since the Vikings game or not a, uh, a kickoff uh, or, you know, special teams uh, touchdown. You know, I mean, have we scored any defensive points? I mean, li- like all of these points could could literally be uh, on the offense, which I think is is far more remarkable than the amount of points that the Bears have been able to accumulate. It's that this offense that couldn't rub two nickels together earlier in the season is now just breaking scoreboards left and right. This is the first time since 1965, they say, that the Bears have scored 30 points or more in four games, in four straight games. And um, for those of you doing the math, that was uh, a long time ago. Yeah, 55 years. So, and I mean, I mean I'm thinking like even in 85, we had one of the top scoring offenses in football that year, but we didn't put together four straight 30 plus point games in the 85 season uh which is uh that's crazy it's like that can't be right and i'm even thinking like maybe in the mid 90s when eric kramer had his big year uh for the bears and and all that kind of stuff we had a really good offense that year we i mean did we because they were saying that last week this is the first time the bears have scored 30 points in three straight games in three straight games since 1965 and it's like man you know first of all how were we bad in 1965? That was the rookie year for Gale Sayers, the rookie year for uh, Dick Butkus. I don't think we were a good football team in 65, but somehow we put together four straight 30-plus point games in that season. So that's the Bears franchise in a nutshell for you right there, I guess. But but anyway, you know, like we're seeing a lot of great things uh, out of the offense. There are a lot of good, really solid 
things uh, out of the offense. However, in the second quarter, uh, we had trouble closing out the drives, so getting getting field goals uh, and stuff, and uh, the defense gave up a touchdown drive, and it's like, granted, again, I had the comfort of knowing that there was going to be a, po- a point explosion at some point in the football game, but at halftime, we're looking at 13 to 10, and I, I can only imagine what my real emotion would have been like had I had the good fortune of watching this game live like what what I would have been like going into the half and and the thing was to get into to take the lead right before the half the Bears had to intercept a ball that uh, Mitch Mitch Trubisky had just turned over he had another Minnesota Vikings moment where he threw something into the end zone that he should have just thrown away and you know we thank God we're playing against Mike Glennon who served one up to Roquan Smith and that's how we were able to add another field goal if not for that turnover, we're at a tie ball game uh, going into the half, which, you know, it, it just I, I honestly I, I, I shudder to think what the knee jerk reactions would have sounded like if I was watching this live and didn't know what was ahead. So, you know, it, it's um, it's interesting. Uh, you know, I, I kind of wish that, um, you know, I, I had done a better job of guarding myself from from what was there. So I could have had a, a genuine reaction as opposed to having this sort of like comfort of knowing that things were going to right itself in the second half. And you actually, I think I even actually say that in the knee-jerk reaction, trying to pretend for you like I didn't know what was going to be happening. (coughs) Knee-jerk reaction, second quarter, Bears, Jaguars. And right now I kind of feel like the Bears are playing down to their competition. You know, they let Mike Lennon and company run run the ball down the field again. This time they put it in the end zone for a touchdown. The commentators were nice enough to let us know this is their first offensive touchdown in the first half since week 13, which was against Minnesota. They took the Vikings to overtime before losing that one. Uh, And then a really awesome exchange here. The Bears driving the football. Mitch throws the ball into traffic after scrambling all over the field, throws it into a sea of about eight guys, and, of course, Jacksonville comes down with it, intercepted it in the end zone. And then, like, two plays later, Roquan Smith bails him out by intercepting Mike Glennon. And uh, with about seven seconds to go, the Bears kick a field goal to close out the half. So they're up 13-10. to 10, And uh, I don't think we should feel good at all about where we're at right now. Um, you know, it's this, uh, I'm, I'm like, I don't know. But we got a whole second half to go, and it's still the Jaguars. So I'm sure... We'll figure it out, and reality will set in eventually, and we'll come back and win this football game convincingly like we should. The Bears Talk Underground is brought to you by our friends at Bet Bet BetOnline knows you might not be able to get out to a game this year, but you can still get in on the action at Bet Bet BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on everything imaginable this season, from game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than any place online. Head on over to Bet Online today and use promo code Armchair to take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Support for the Bearstock Underground is also brought to you by Manscaped. 
Manscaped is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels and helping 2 million men all over the world get rid of the hair on their balls. If you let yourself go in 2020 while in quarantine, Manscaped is here for you to reboot and stay clean and shaved in 2021. Uh, Manscaped is here to give you a fresh start in 2021 with their Perfect Package 3.0 that has all the right tools for the job. Come out of quarantine with clean balls thanks to the Lawnmower 3.0. This waterproof and skin-safe trimmer will reduce nicks to your two best friends. The third-generation trimmer even has a light to give you the glow up you need in 2021. It's also time to freshen up down there this new year. The Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? And for the -the on-the-go freshness, you'll love the Crop Reviver Ball Toner Spray. 2020 was awful, so make sure your boys are refreshed and ready for new beginnings in 2021. Manscaped even threw in the uh, in their shed travel bag to keep all your goodies stored comfortably. Speaking of comfort, the Manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs are also included and are hands down the best underwear you'll ever wear. A guy with hairy balls is like the year 2020. Don't be that guy. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code armchair at manscaped.com. What are you waiting for? Go whack your weeds. Make Santa proud. Your balls will thank you. And with that, let's get back to the show. (coughs) When I got done recording that, my dad's like, wow, you almost sound like you know what's going to happen. It's like, yeah, I've... I kind of tipped my hand on the end there, so that's uh, yeah. But you know, it's it, it was right. I, I the, my my feelings at the time were were genuine. That I do did feel like we were playing down to the competition. Like like why are we letting them hang around? It's like I know that we're not a great football team, but I know we're way better than these guys. I mean, guys on the on the. <laughs> Just by records, we're six games better than this football team, okay? We're definitely better than this, and, you know, we're letting these guys hang around, and and like I said in the Bear Up and Bear Down show, if I had been healthy enough to do a preview episode, one of my keys to the game would have been to not, not give a football team like this hope, you know, because they're athletes, they're competitors, and they want to win, despite all of the, the, the hoopla about them, um, you know, having the number one pick and, and obviously their fan base. I mean, we had one of their fans on the show last week basically saying he was a Bear fan rooting for us to beat his team uh, on Sunday uh, and everything. The guys in that locker room want to win the game. And the coaches coaching that team want to win the game. Especially since no one <laughs> on that coaching staff is going to be coaching Trevor Lawrence next year. I don't think anybody is staying. And, and certainly uh, Dave Marone is not going, or Doug Marone, I should say, uh, is not going to be the head coach that is guiding Trevor Lawrence through his NFL career. Uh, you know, So none of those guys care about the number one pick because for the most of the guys uh, on that coaching staff, if not all of them, that is not their future. You know, they are trying to coach this team in a way that they can, you know, get themselves jobs for, with new teams uh, next season. And 
you know, it's it's you know, so those guys want to win and we can't give them any kind of incentive or thoughts or hope or glimmer of the fact that they might actually be able to pull this off. I mean, look what the Jets did. They went and beat L.A. and then backed it up by beating the Browns. Uh, you know, it's just, so I mean, they are all the way done with the number one pick now. I mean, not only did Jackson is the Jacksonville hang on to it, but they locked it in by losing to us and the Jets winning, which means no matter what happens, even if Jacksonville beats Indy next week and they're fit and they finish two and 14 and the Jets lose and also finish two and 14, the strength of schedule or whatever it is, is the tiebreaker for Jacksonville to hang on to the number one pick. So they have it no matter what now, but we, we you, you can't give a team like that hope, especially a team like Jacksonville, who has lost in as many different ways as one can possibly lose a football game in this season. I mean, in a 13-game losing streak, they're not losing all of these games the exact same way every single time. They are, you know, they're always finding new and creative ways to lose a football game, just like the Bears were doing right in the middle of the season with that six-game losing streak. How many different ways did we find to lose a football game uh, in that six game losing streak. I mean, it was just, it just boggled the mind what we were doing out there, why we were doing it, and all the rest of that stuff. So go back and listen to the review episodes, the knee jerk reactions, the whole nine yards. You know, we'll find six different ways we lost those football games, if not more. So, well, you know, as, as Bear fans, I'm sure we can all empathize with Jacksonville and their fan base, only they lost twice as many games in a row as we managed to. Uh, in in our losing streak it's just you know those guys want to win a football game they don't give a damn about Trevor Lawrence in the first and the number one pick in the draft and all that kind of stuff and the last thing that you want to do is give a team like that any reason any thought that they could actually win the football game and by letting them hang on with us letting them hang with us in the first half that is exactly what we were doing you know thankfully Thankfully, the other thing that you can depend on with a team that's lost 13 games in a row is to, for them to mentally check out at the first sign that things are not going to go their way. And that's where the third quarter comes in. Because not only did we come out and score immediately, we, we kept our foot on their throat in the third quarter, uh, which is very unlike the Bears to do so. And... Um, you know, it was an encouraging thing to see that we made the second half adjustments or the halftime adjustments to come out in the second half and dominate and pull away from the uh, Jaguars. And, you know, as I said, right the wrong here and, um, you know, win this game convincingly like we should and like many expected us to uh, going into it. So we could finally kind of whew, at the end of the third quarter. Because I think once we scored that second touchdown to go up 24 to 10, or was it 20? Yeah, 24, 27 to 10. To go up 27 to 10, um, you could pretty much see that was when the kind of the life kind of got zapped uh, out of Jacksonville. And that's when the Bears really took control. And then pretty much immediately after we scored that touchdown, Glennon throws a second interception uh, to Roquan Smith. And we immediately put that one in the end zone. I mean, it's just like, okay. We're rolling now. This is definitely done. The Jaguars are finished and uh, and everything. We'll just kind of cruise uh, through the fourth quarter. But, 
you know, like I said, at halftime, you, we had every reason to be nervous. And I, like I said, if, if I didn't know what was coming, I probably would have been a lot more anxious, probably a bit more anxiety ridden than, uh, you know, with a more of a here we go or Jesus Christ, is this actually happening kind of attitude instead like when i walked into the living room the game was on and i see it's 34 to 10 so i'm like oh okay well i guess we'll be okay but watching that first half was not fun it was aggravating it was irritating but at the same time i had the comfort of knowing things were going to go our way but you know with the third quarter uh like i said it was impressive to see what we came out and we did it was comforting to see us come out uh and do it and put jacksonville away and uh you know fix what had gone wrong in the first half <laughs> knee jerk reaction third quarter bears jaguars you want to know how bad the jags are they let the bears score three touchdowns in the third quarter for a team that hasn't scored three touchdowns in the third quarter all season i think if you actually if you add cordero patterson's kickoff return we've scored exactly three touchdowns in the third quarter before today and then we added three more. So we doubled our offensive output in the third quarter against the Jaguars. Um, <laughs> so it's 34 to 10. We're heading into the fourth quarter. And uh, yeah, I, I, I think we're going to be in that seventh playoff spot by the end of the day. And uh, I see the Jets are beating the Browns. So Jacksonville might have the number one pick locked up by the end of the afternoon. So. This is working out like gangbusters for everybody involved. And our good friend Colton Football from Big Cat Country uh, agreed with me wholeheartedly when I tweeted out exactly those words uh, like that. It's like it was a it was a great day for everyone involved. Um, you know, the Bears, uh, you know, have now taken control of the seventh seed uh, in the NFC. And uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars have locked themselves into the number one pick in the 2021 draft, which basically means uh, Trevor Lawrence is theirs to lose uh, at this point. And, um, uh, you know, I said it was a glorious, uh, you know, a glorious day all around. Wouldn't you agree, Colton? And he said it was a glorious day indeed, my friend. So <laughs> it's everybody walked away happy, uh, except for probably the 53 guys in the Jacksonville locker room, of course. But um you know, it, it was um, – I didn't get into any great detail in, in the third quarter. I mean, it was it was a really good quarter for us. And defensively, we did well. Obviously, we got another turnover uh, out of Mike Glennon uh, to score that last touchdown. Uh, the first touchdown was, you know, the opening drive of the second half. Uh, the Bears, once again, just like they did against the, the Vikings. I mean, you know, I mean, the Vikings scored on their opening drive, but they came right down the field. And, um, you know, Mitch did what he should have done in the second quarter, which was he held on to the football. He ran and, you know, rushed it in for a touchdown uh, to give us that um, was a 20 to 10 lead uh, at the time. Uh, We get the football back this time. It's the David Montgomery show. He runs it in from about five or six yards uh, out. And uh, then another Roquan Smith uh, interception. I think this, this this one was more of a heads up play from Roquan because it was a tip from Danny Trevathan and Roquan was there to kind of get the tip and catch the football uh you know the funny thing was both of his interceptions Roquan fumbled you know the first one he was trying to switch hands and I think he banged the football off his leg and thankfully were able to retain uh possession uh the the second one he I don't know if he fumbled when he hit the ground or fumbled as he was hitting the ground 
But uh, both of his interceptions ended with him scrambling for the football uh, at the end of it. So uh, we all know why Roquan Smith is a linebacker and not a running back or a fullback or something like that. Uh, apparently he's got butterfingers. But uh, he did an outstanding job yesterday with those two interceptions. Uh, Danny Trevathan, the one and only sack in the football game, which was the other kind of discouraging thing from the defense, was that, you know, not only were we allowing the the Jaguars to kind of go up and down the field uh, on us at times uh, in that game, um, the pass rush was null and void yesterday. Uh, and, and I know that a lot of that had to do with the Jacksonville Jaguars doing everything they could to get the ball out of Mike Lennon's hands quickly uh, so as to kind of nullify uh, the pass rush. But, you know, we just didn't get to, we didn't get to them all day. You know, I don't even I don't think there were many quarterback hurries uh, in the game or anything like that. And I know for a fact that Trevathan's like delayed blitz was the only sack. And I think that was more of a coverage sack than 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 us actually getting to the quarterback. It was because Trevathan wasn't coming right away. He did like a one Mississippi two Mississippi before he comes around the edge and, you know, meets Glenn in the in the backfield. And you need time from the secondary uh, in order to make that happen. So. Uh, you know, I think that was more of a coverage sack than an actual pass rush uh, sack. And, um, you know, that was the other thing that kind of worried me uh, yesterday is that, we, you know, nothing from Robert Quinn, nothing from Khalil Mack, nothing from, you know, uh, Bilal Nichols or, or, or Akeem Hicks, uh, you know, nothing, you know, not even Mario Edwards or anything. I mean, actually, Mario Edwards put a decent hit on um, Glennon at one point. It's actually the cover of the episode for anyone who actually sees uh, the art that I make every week, but, um, you know, he got there, the Glennon got the ball off and then boom, immediately he gets hit, uh, by Edwards. So I guess we can tack at least, at least one hurry on the board for Mario Edwards there. But, um, you know, it just didn't happen very much, uh, on Sunday. And like I said, I know that that was probably by design for Jacksonville, getting the ball out of, uh, Mike Lennon's hands so as to not leave him in the back uh, you know, in the pocket for, you know, several seconds waiting for all those monsters to come and get him. But, um, you know, like we had very little pass rush uh, in this football game uh, against the Jaguars. And um, that's something we're going to need desperately this Sunday uh, against Green Bay. We're going to need to be in Aaron Rodgers' face uh, and disrupting him. And, and you know, Rodgers seems to thrive in those moments, but he's more likely to make a mistake when he's you know, trying not to get sacked then he is standing back there having eight seconds to throw the ball. Uh, you know, I hope to God we don't do that again. Rush three and drop eight and give Aaron Rodgers all the time in the world to pick us apart. We need to go after. We'll talk about it later this week. I can, you know, I'm going to go on for a while about that. But anyway, um, you know, and then the fourth quarter, like I said, the Bears pretty much put it in cruise control uh, in the fourth quarter. We started pulling uh, guys, which was a good thing. Uh, to see Nick Foles got some uh, got some tick uh, in the fourth quarter. Uh, Artavis Pierce is out there running the football. Uh, we started to see a lot of uh, you know uh, Iggy uh, Yoel Ea Buniway was out there. I think Josh Woods got some reps. Travis Giz- Travis Gibson, our fifth round pick, uh, got himself a uh, a penalty by jumping off sides and and things like that. So we we kind of cleared the benches uh, you know there in the second half of the of the fourth quarter especially after we scored the touchdown to go up 41 to 10 and um you know so that so jacksonville's touchdown in garbage time was against the you know the second and third stringers guys just getting out there to get some reps and you know keep our starters healthy for the green bay game 
uh, next week when it was obvious we got this game well in hand. And, uh, you know, it was one of those quarters that uh, you basically just wanted to get it over with and, uh, you know, get, it, get, get everyone out healthy so we can get ready for a game that does count next Sunday against the Packers. <laughs> New York reaction, fourth quarter, Bears and Jaguars. This is a very ho-hum kind of a quarter as the Bears have pretty much been doing what they can to run out the clock. Uh, Artavis Pierce, uh, two good runs at the end of the uh, of a touch of our last touchdown drive to start off the fourth quarter, make it forty one to ten. The first one was uh, like a wildcat formation. Montgomery gave him the football, huge hole down the side, and then they let him finish it off from about four or five yards out uh, from there. And um, the the Jaguars scored another touchdown about midway through the quarter. Really nice throw and catch from Glennon to. Uh, I think Chenault was the guy's name, and 41-17 was our final score. So uh, with the Arizona Cardinals losing yesterday, the Bears winning today. As it stands right now, the Bears are in the playoffs. So uh, if we beat Green Bay next Sunday, we're for sure in. We're, we're in control of our own destiny. Or if the Rams beat the Cardinals, we can lose to Green Bay. So... Either way, it looks really, really good for the Bears to be that seventh and final seed in the NFC this year. And uh, what a wild ride it's been to get to this point. Uh, I'd be very fascinated to see what it would do uh, if we make another playoff run. And I mean a lot of different things when I say what, what, what it would do if we make another playoff run. Because let's rewind the clock back four weeks Um We've just lost to Detroit. We've six in a row. We're five and seven. We're tied with with Detroit for the worst record in our division. Everybody from Ted Phillips down is fired. Uh, Ryan Pace is gone. Matt Nagy is gone. Everybody's gone. We're blowing up the the roster <laughs> and starting from scratch. You know, or doing the best that we can with our salary cap space and everything. We have a first round pick for the first time since 2018. Blah 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 blah. Fast forward, here we are right now. We've won three games in a row. We're in the playoffs right now. We are the seventh seed. And, you know, we go ahead and we finish the job next week and actually make it to the postseason. And God forbid we're not a one-and-done team because I I like our chances against New Orleans. Call me crazy. I like our chances uh, against New Orleans, especially – you know, it's, oh God, I mean, I, I, I love them and I hate them all at the same time because I, we didn't have much of an offense at all in that first game uh, against New Orleans. And look at what we're doing with our offense now. However, our defense, God, I don't want to see our defense against Sean Payton uh, and Drew Brees and possibly Michael Thomas, uh, you know, who I think is, is ready to come off IR in time for the wild card game. Uh, and things like that. Alvin Kamara uh, getting a second bite at the apple with his defense and everything. It's, 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 a, it's a, you know, six and one and half a dozen and the other kind of thing. Like, I'm excited to see what this offense can do against better uh, competition because that's the one thing that we've been hearing. Well, yeah, we put up 30 points against the Lions. We put up 36 against the Texans. The Vikings are not very good on defense, and the Jaguars are the Jaguars, so big deal. You're scoring big points against those guys. Well, you know, we're getting a step up in competition on Sunday. And, um, you know, we'll we'll see what we're able to do against Green Bay. And, 
you know, we'll take it from there, uh, I guess. And the only thing that that gives me anxiety uh, about this week is that that little caveat there. Even if the Bears lose to Green Bay, as long as the Rams beat the Cardinals, the Bears are still in because we still own the tiebreaker over Arizona. However, (laughs) Jared Goff broke his thumb yesterday against the Seahawks, so he is out against the Cardinals on Sunday. Um, and, and Kyler Murray got banged up against the 49ers, but is most likely going to play on Sunday, uh, against the, the Rams. So that automatically kind of gives the edge to Arizona going into that game. And, and, uh, you know, I had, uh, I think I was watching the Monday night game before I got started here and at halftime, Booger McFarland's trying to tell everybody, now listen, don't panic Rams fans because the Rams have been getting it done the old school way by running the football and playing defense this year. I hope to God that that's true. Uh, because when, when you hear Sean McVay and the LA Rams, you're thinking 55 to 51 against the chiefs back in 2018, you're thinking of an explosive offense that can light up the scoreboard, not grind it out three yards in a cloud of dust and, you know, playing defense. That's not what you think when you think of the LA Rams. So, Uh, I'm hoping that Booger's right about this and that Jared Goff not playing isn't the end of the world because the Rams running game is going to take this thing over and that's what's going to facilitate a victory uh, over Arizona. So, uh, And what's even more interesting is that the Bears and the Packers got moved from noon to 3 o'clock and who else is playing at 3 o'clock? The Rams and the Cardinals. So we have to play side-by-side uh, with those guys not knowing you know basically finding out what's going on with them as we're uh, you know deciding our own fate in Soldier Field on Sunday so next Sunday is going to be very 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 interesting so uh, yeah but um, you know th- real quick to close out the fourth quarter uh, like I said it was encouraging to see the um, the Bears kind of clear out the benches protecting our starters uh, getting some young guys in there letting them get some reps in there uh, especially since none of these kids got to play in the preseason. So, hey, get them some regular game reps. Uh, let them get out there and, uh, you know, get some uh, get some rep, get some tape, uh, you know, uh, and everything. Like I said, the Artavis Pierce uh, run was a really nice-looking play. Like I said, it was a wildcat wild uh, formation. Uh, Montgomery was the, uh, was the quarterback, essentially, handed off to Pierce. Huge hole up the left side. He goes running right up. And um, it, it kind of looked like Montgomery running the football, to be honest with you, just kind of barreling his way through and, you know, just running through arm tackles before getting taken down uh, around the five. And then they let him finish it off from there. Boom, he's in the end zone. Bears are up 41 to 10. So, you know, and then, like I said, it was a garbage time touchdown against our second and third stringers that uh, that uh, Mike Glennon, it, it really was a nice throw and a nice catch. I got to give him credit for that. But, um, you know, they did it against our our bench guys so but um you know the bears put it in cruise control they got out of dodge they they secured the victory 41 to 17 over the jaguars to go to eight and seven uh we've won three in a row and we've set the stage here we go and and as i said at the top of the show i guess it's just it just makes sense that we're actually going to have to go out and beat green bay and beat green bay at their best because green bay has something to play for on Sunday to get in like you know 
because right now nobody is saying that like we've we deserve this spot to be honest with you i don't think anybody really is you know ah, the bears are eight and seven big deal they beat the texans they beat the vikings they beat the jaguars big whoop you know they're going to be one and done in the playoffs will they be saying that if we beat green bay on sunday like legitimately beat green bay on sunday will there be a little bit more respect Will there be this thought that maybe the te- the Bears are a team that most teams don't want to see in the playoffs? They're playing their best football because in a lot of ways, it's not really so much the best team that always wins. I mean, Jesus Christ, look at the Giants back in 2011. They made the playoffs at 9-7, and seven, won the Super Bowl that year. You know, the when they won back in 2007, they were the sixth seed. They ran the table and went and won the Super Bowl uh, in 2007, beat the undefeated New England Patriots because they were playing the best football at the time. They were the hot team going into the playoffs. They weren't the 15 and one, you know, or the 16 and 0 uh, Patriots, or this year the 15 and one uh, Kansas City Chiefs that are you know expected to blow their way through the playoffs again uh, this year on way on on their way to another Super Bowl. Um, this is a team that, you know, struggled. Obviously, we lost six games in a row in the middle of the season. We didn't look all that great starting out 5-1, and one, but somehow scratched and clawed and fought our way into a playoff spot. And, you know, we did so playing, uh, you know, playing our best football. And here we go. Here we come. You know, I'm, I'm interested to see. I, I really want to see. <sighs> And what better way to get in than having to beat Green Bay? I mean, what would be better than that? The only thing that would be better than that is being the seventh seed and beating New Orleans because then the seventh seed has to play the number one seed, which means we have to go to Lambeau and play the Packers again. So the only thing better than beating Green Bay to get in would be going to Lambeau and beating Green Bay again to go to the NFC Championship game. I'm getting way ahead of myself on this one. We got to make the playoffs first, but um, I'm just playing with that little scenario in my head. I mean, imagine the confidence this team would have if we beat Green Bay to get in. We go on the road. We beat New Orleans in New Orleans, and now we got to go to Lambeau to play Green Bay after we just legitimately beat them to get into the playoffs. They couldn't keep us out, and now they won't be able to keep us down. It's it's exciting to think about. <laughs> it's it's not likely, but it's exciting. It's possible, not likely. It's possible. <sighs> you know, this is what you do when you start to play with these scenarios uh, in your head. So, anyway, that's gonna do it for uh, the week sixteen review. Let's close the book on this one and get ready for Green Bay on Sunday. Uh, I for one am excited. I'm I'm weary. I'm hesitant. I'm anxious, uh, but I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited. Green Bay's got something to play for, so there will be no excuses. No excuses if we get in. If we beat Green Bay, then we're in. We went. We got in legitimately. We won the games that we had to in order to put ourselves in this position, and then we beat the team that was standing in our way to get into the postseason. So, yeah, let's get it on. So, Come back on Thursday. We will have Evan Western back on the show to preview this one. I mean, who thought, you know, four weeks ago when we played Green Bay that, um, you know, going into this game 
we would have anything interesting to talk about going into this one, let alone this game meaning something to both of us, not just, you know, hey, we might be able to steal a win week 17 because you guys have the number one seed locked up and, you know, maybe we'll just, you know, be able to win the game to to finish 500 or something or, or, or whatever or to, you know, kind of put a nice button on the season. Hey, we beat Green Bay before they went on to win the Super Bowl or something. No, this is legit. Every, everybody's got something to play for. Uh, we've got some skin in the game. Now let's go ahead and uh, let's draw some blood. Let's get, uh, let's get nasty out here. I can't wait. I'm excited. So come back on Thursday. Evan Western from Acme Packing Company will be back to uh, help us preview this game. It'll come out on New Year's Eve so uh, you'll have that to uh, to listen to uh, while you get rid of this godforsaken year and bring in 2021, which I hope and pray is 10 times the year that 2020 has been. So it won't be a high bar to cross, trust me. But, uh, you know, I'm looking forward to 2021. I think everybody is. And, um, yeah. Let's uh, let's all do what we can to, to make sure that 2021 gets off on the right foot with our beloved getting a victory over the dreaded Green Bay Packers on Sunday. So come back on Thursday from myself and Evan Western. And until then, my name is Larry D. And this has been the Bears Talk Underground. 